The New York Islanders are letting the fisherman jersey sail off into the sunset. Plus, we have the latest on where Ruslan Iskakov could fit into the lineup, and the Islanders are still waiting on Zach Parise. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sartre tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And you can now also hear us on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, training camp just around the corner. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, Maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode. Feel free to send us an email. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We will keep you up to date on all things Islanders throughout training camp and, of course, throughout the regular season. And don't forget, everydayers, next week we go back to a full Monday through Friday schedule here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So the Islanders announced their third jersey schedule. And interestingly enough, uh, one thing that we learn is that the... Islanders will not be wearing the Fisherman jerseys this season. And, you know, the the Fisherman jerseys were always kind of uh, love them or hate them. There was very little in between. And, you know, that was the reverse retro third jersey uh, scheme that the league had last year. And, you know, for Islander fans who were old enough to remember the late mid to late 90s when they wore the fisherman jersey it brought back some negative memories it was a time when the team wasn't spending money mike milbury was the general manager the team was floundering on the ice there were threats that the team might move it was not an easy time and yet for fans who were not old enough to remember when they wore those fisherman jerseys which, depending on who you ask, either look like the Gorton's Fisherman, 
uh, from the frozen fish sticks box, which led Ranger fans to some ugly chants. Uh, or it looked like Stan Fischler in a fisherman jersey uh, or outfit. So, you know, take your pick. But, you know, for fans who weren't old enough to remember, they just liked the design, thought it was different, thought it was cool. And so you sort of had this divide among the fan base where some people loved the fisherman jerseys and some people it just brought back these negative memories. Well, for those of you who aren't fans of the fisherman jerseys, don't worry about it. They're not going to be back. For those of you who like the fisherman jerseys, don't worry about it. They will still be available in the team store. And I sort of get the feeling that even though the Islanders aren't going to wear them at least this year, with one possible exception, that we have not likely seen the last of the fisherman jerseys. And that one possible exception that I wanted to sort of put in the back of everybody's mind is the Stadium Series game against the New York Rangers in the Meadowlands. And we don't know. Usually teams wear a special jersey just for the occasion. Is it possible that the Islanders use a variation of the Fisherman jersey at the Stadium uh, Series game? Maybe. It's also possible they use a completely different uh, jersey for that. And then usually, usually, teams will wear those special Stadium Series jerseys a couple of more times, you know, for a few games after, not necessarily immediately after, but for a few games after they play the outdoor game. So here is the schedule for the Islanders wearing their third jerseys, and these are just the traditional third jerseys, the the blue uh, jerseys with the orange numbers and the white shoulder patches. So, you know, the same third jersey, traditional third jersey that they've been wearing. They will debut this year on November 25th in a game at home against the Flyers. Then they will appear again on uh, December 9th against the LA Kings. Ten days later, when the Edmonton Oilers come to town on December 19th, we will see these jerseys again. Uh, January 9th, when uh, Bo Horvat faces the Canucks uh, at the UBS Arena, we will see the third jerseys. And then the defending Eastern Conference playoff champions, the Florida Panthers, on January 27th. Two February dates coming up. For these third jerseys, February 10th against the Calgary Flames. And then two weeks after that, February 24th against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Two dates in March. uh, March 5th against the St. Louis Blues. March 24th against the New Jersey Devils. And then the last of these 10 dates that the Islanders are scheduled to wear the third jersey will be April 6th when the Nashville Predators come to Long Island. And realistically, uh, that's a big game because that is Barry Trotz coming back to Long Island, yeah, as the general manager, not as the coach, of the Nashville Predators. So, you know, that's always a, a, a big deal, I think, that... You know, Trotz remains 
uh, a big deal to the Islanders organization. They certainly had a lot of success with him as the coach, and this will be his first trip back to Long Island with another team, in this case, the Preds, uh, since he took that GM job. And look, I know a lot of Islander fans who would have preferred him to take over as the general manager of the New York Islanders. Obviously, that did not happen, and Lou Lamorello remains in the driver's seat. But for the New York Islanders, uh, these are going to be the 10 games they wear, the third jerseys. Other than that, you'll see the regular home jerseys for the other 31 home games, and then we still do not know. Uh, no announcement as of yet. I expect it to come sometime early in January or mid-January, but what the Islanders will wear for the Stadium Series game against the Rangers still yet to be announced. We have got a lot more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. One thing we definitely want to discuss, Ruslan Iskakov, uh, considered one of the more important prospects. A lot of people big on him, uh, but management may not be. We'll talk about where, if anywhere, he could fit into the lineup for the New York Islanders if he has a good enough training camp. We've got that and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is here, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. The Giants trying to make the playoffs for the second year in a row. Will Aaron Rodgers get the Jets back to the playoffs this year? He's got to be worth a few wins. Or, hey, if you're a fan of any other NFL team, you can bet on that team and get bonus bets all year long when they win. You could use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Check it out today. So, Ruslan Iskakov remains uh, a player that I know Islander fans are hoping will make a big impression on the fan base and, uh, you know, on management and the coaching staff this year because, let's face facts about Iskakov. He is getting to the point where, as a prospect, it's time for him to start proving himself at the NHL level. And, yeah, last year was his first year in the AHL, so this will only be his second AHL season, his second pro season in North America. But he did play two years at the University of Connecticut, played in Finland and in Germany, before coming over last year. And he is a natural center who has also played on the wing. And that versatility may be the key. Because, let's face it, there are five centers ahead of Ishkakov on the Islanders' depth chart. You've got Bo Horvat, 
Matthew Barzal, who is likely moving to the wing because there is a glut at center. You got Brock Nelson, you've got J.G. Pajot, you've got Casey Sezikis. If one of those four players were to get injured, it is likely we see Barzal move back to center. Uh, but the thing about Iskakov, he, he shoots left, he can play on the left wing. And that may be a, a better opportunity for him to crack the Islanders lineup. And we've talked recently about the possibilities of this Islander lineup. And there are openings there. We know Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzal are two-thirds of the top line. It, with a really strong training camp and preseason, is it possible Ishkakov gets a chance? Maybe. Uh, that would certainly be interesting. He certainly has the skills and the stick work to be able to play on the top line, but the lack of size, definitely a concern. And is he good enough without the puck? Is he going to come back and play sound positional defensive hockey? And not just to play on the first line, but realistically to play on any line right now. Uh, because, let's face it, Lane Lambert, Lou Lamorello, and all of the Islanders' coaching staff and management, it is critical to them that players be sound defensively, back check, do the little things without the puck that the Islanders value so much in this system that you, you just, you know, fans can say all they want. This team needs more goal scoring. And you'd be right, but they are not going to put a player in the lineup who is unable or unwilling to do the things without the puck that this team requires of all of its forwards. And I'm going to throw out two names that sort of back that up. One of them is Oliver Wallstrom, who seems to be at least acknowledging that he needs to do that in order to get more ice time. And Wallstrom is another candidate for that first line. Uh, and another is Joshua Hosang, who was a first-round pick, flashed skills, but never really uh, adapted to that Islanders system that, you know, made him have to go back and be responsible defensively and play a certain way that was a little less selfish and a little more team-oriented. So, you know, there is an opening certainly on the first line on the left wing. There is an opening on the third line on the left wing, depending on whether or not Zach Parise either retires, which I still think he'll do, and we'll have more on that later, or whether he returns. But the fact is that the left side seems to have more openings, and that doesn't include the possibility of somebody getting injured, you know, before the season starts for whatever reason. But it seems to me that left wing, if Parise is not back, you may have two wide open spots. Now, there are other candidates, but... Iskakov has to at least be included. Now, last year in the preseason, he was injured in camp, 
Certainly that hurt his chances of making the team. This training camp will be big, and, and I guess the question has to be, in the back of a lot of people's minds, with Ishkakov, this is the last year of his entry-level contract. He is a restricted free agent after this season. So maybe the question for a lot of uh, Islander fans and for Ruslan Ishkakov is if he doesn't have a real good chance of making the team after this year, if he didn't get a call-up at some point, or if management didn't tell him, hey, you know, you're 24 now, but we don't see you as a part of our NHL team this year unless a couple of guys go down with injuries. If that's the case, wouldn't surprise me at all if, as a restricted free agent, Iskakov makes a decision, hey, I'm going back to Europe, I'll go to the KHL, I'll go to Finland or Sweden, and be able to play at the highest level in that country, make more money than the $855,000 that the Islanders are paying him this year, and to go out there and be able to take his career to the next level. So we'll see, but I really think, you know, this is sort of, because it's the last year of his contract, in many ways, this is a make-or-break year for Ruslan Iskakov's future, where either he, by the end of the year, is a part of the future of this Islanders team, or he probably isn't back with the Islanders organization next year. And, you know, for fans who like Iskakov and want to see more from him, that really does become more of a concern because, again, you're basically possibly losing him for nothing if he ends up signing in Europe somewhere during the offseason. Now, again, the trade deadline coming up. Does Iskakov, with his lack of size and his lack of NHL experience, you know, when we get to the trade deadline, does he have any value where, you know, last year Atu Ratu, who was considered the top prospect in the Islanders organization, was part of the trade that got Bo Horvat to the Islanders. Would Ishkakov have enough value that the Islanders would include him in some kind of trade at the trade deadline to get that sniper or to get that puck-moving defenseman, depending on injuries and where this team is at at the trade deadline? I mean, look, let's face it. We can talk all we want uh, about wanting Lou Lamorello to not keep trading away our first-round picks and our top prospects. But that's still, you know, Lou is going to do Lou, and that may very well be what he wants to do if the team is in the middle of the fight for a playoff berth. So all of these things are on the table, but look, I think there are one, possibly two openings on the left wing when we start training camp. First line, third line, or if Pierre Engvall doesn't stay on that second line, still two openings, but it could be on any other of the top three lines. I don't think Ishkakov, with his lack of size, really would be a good fit on the identity line. Let's say Matt Martin has to miss a few games. Ishkakov, uh, it would make more sense to plug in, you know, Gautier or Hudson Fashing or, uh, you know, 
another player who can play a grittier style of hockey. Ross Johnston would make more sense to fill in for Matt Martin. Uh, you know, Arno Durando would make more sense to, to fill in for Matt Martin. There are other players, Carson Kuhlman. Those guys would make more sense realistically than Ishkakov, so we'll see how it all plays out. All right, we have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will talk a little more about Zach Parise. We are still waiting on his decision uh, and a, a few other uncertainties, including more disrespect from the national media. We will also have our Islanders birthday of the day, this being uh, a player who was with the Islanders for a season and a half in the uh, mid to late 2000s, but was their top line center his first year with the team. We've got all that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So we're still waiting on Zach Parise, and hopefully we have an answer soon again I still think the longer this goes, the more likely it is that he retires, but very difficult to say for sure. I I think Lou Lamorello has prepared the Islanders with a bunch of different signings, uh, whether it is your Julian Gauthier's and your Carson Kuhlman's and your uh, certainly your Hudson Fashing's whether you have those guys ready to go if Zach Parise doesn't, whether Tomas Tatar actually enters the conversation if Parise doesn't sign, I think we'll have resolution on those two players by the time training camp officially gets underway. Unfortunately, you know, the national media still not showing a lot of respect for the Islanders this offseason. Uh... Basically, there was an article on the score.com's website, five head scratchers from the NHL offseason. And basically, the long-term deals signed by Lou Lamorello for a lot of Islanders players, especially Scott Mayfield and Pierre Engvall, uh, signing seven-year deals. I mean, Engvall is a middle six forward. Mayfield is a third-pair defenseman. Having them sign to seven-year deals is unusual. Uh, And here's how they summed it up. The Islanders now have seven players signed through 2028-2029, with six of them on the books through the following season, and three of them under contract until after the 2030-31 season, that won't end well if they decline at the typical rate or get derailed by injuries as they age. So a lot of uh, national and international pundits, North American national media, still having difficulty understanding the way Lou Lamorello deals out his contracts and really criticizing him for the Islanders cap situation and the way this team is set up. Now, look, I I know there are plenty of people who disagree. 
uh, and there are people who fall in the middle. I, I love the Ilya Sorokin contract. Uh, I, I think that was one of the best deals of any NHL team that was made over this past offseason. You took your franchise's best player and locked him up for eight more years after this year at below top market rate. I think that deal was an absolute steal for the New York Islanders. But, uh, you know, do, you, do I question giving seven years to role players like Scott Mayfield and Pierre Engvall? Yeah, I do. Uh, and we'll see how it all plays out. But these are some of the questions that we're still facing as training camp is rapidly approaching. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and today is the 43rd birthday of former Islanders center Mike Comrie, a native of Edmonton, Alberta, third-round pick of the hometown Oilers back in 1999, spent two years with the University of Michigan, and then joined Edmonton midway through the 2000-2001 season, scored 33 goals in 2001-2002 for Edmonton, then played for the then Phoenix Coyotes, added 30 more goals for them in 05-06, was then dealt to the Senators and then to the Islanders where he signed as a free agent, put up 21 goals in his first year as an Islander in 07-08, 21 goals, 49 points in 76 games, Spent the first half of the next season with the Isles, but only had seven goals and 20 points in 41 contests. Then was off to Ottawa, back to Edmonton, and finished his NHL career with Pittsburgh in 2010-2011. Comrie played in 589 career NHL games, scored 168 goals, 365 points, 443 penalty minutes, 32 playoff games, four goals, 10 points, none of them with the New York Islanders. His best game as an Islander, it's easy. It was his first game as an Islander, October 5th, 2007. Islanders on the road in Buffalo. Rick DiPietro, the goalie for the Isles, Ryan Miller in goal for Buffalo. And in this game, Mike Comrie with two goals, two assists. He was a plus two. And he had the game winner in the Islanders' 6-4 win over the Sabres. The game winner coming late in the second period. Bill Guerin and Marc-Andre Bergeron assisting on it. That was an even-strength goal. And uh, he also scored earlier in the second period with Ruslan Fedotenko and Bill Guerin getting the assists on that one. So uh, a very good game right there for Comrie, who got off to a very hot start for the Islanders that year before fading a little bit down the stretch. But uh, Mike Comrie uh, is our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we wish him a very happy 43rd. I do want to mention, by the way, it is September 11th. Hard to believe it has been 22 years since that terrible day, and our thoughts and prayers, as always, are with the families of those affected by the terrible events of 9-11. I want to thank everyone once again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers, we will be back Wednesday. We'll take a look at some more important 
issues facing this team just before training camp gets underway. And hopefully we'll have some more news on either Tomas Tatar or Zach Parise or both uh, before that time. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.